The following program comes to you from the MNL Studios. Welcome in to the Mark and Linda podcast. Good to have you. Skeeter, how are we doing? We're doing good, hopefully. Uh, <laughs> I'll fully explain in a moment. We've got uh, comments. We have a rousing round of On This Day in History. We get back to what year is it? If I remember correct, she had one last time. I'm finally going to get this cool stories and music done. Today we focus on the group, The Circle. And I know you're saying, what? Who, who is that? You may remember it, but there's a couple of interesting things in it that I know you don't know, which is the point. We share with you the most stressed cities in the United States. There's gold in them there fields. Is it brilliant or is it bad form? Who hasn't had snakes in their bra? Are you mm. glad you didn't have kids? And do you allow your dog to lick you? All right, so uh, today is interesting in that I am in the studio in North Carolina. Linda is, as we put it in the business, she's on location. And so she's sitting and she's looking at a laptop. And this, so this is her very first on location broadcast without me there. First of all, I don't know when I can talk. You can talk anytime. Because uh, I feel like there is a delay. Uh, Secondly, a this this is my first time being on Zoom. <laughs> and um, so what I'm basically saying, y'all, is that I'm going to be in trouble the entire show because Mark's going to be bitching about me about everything. No, I'm not. There is a slight delay between you and I, but it's not going to matter. Everybody knows that when you're on Zoom, there is that slight delay. It's not an issue. No problem there. Don't worry about that. Oh, it it's, will be by the time I'm done. Well, it's just that you're out of your element. This is the first time you've done anything quite like that. And the 15 minutes we spent prior to the thing was hysterical. Do uh, you? Well, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it was funny. It, it was just flat out funny. There's there's no way around it. Um, So so it's business as usual for us. Um. We, we do have a couple of things. First of all, let's discuss the heat. Yeah, it's, uh, look, look it, it's, it's hot and it's probably going to get hotter. And it's good. Yeah, it's going to get hotter here today. I mean, um, this week. Well, here's, and this is not any solace, but I told this to Linda. We were talking about how hot it is. And, and I'm a broken record when I keep saying, make sure you drink plenty of water. Um, this heat is worldwide. This is not just North Carolina, not just California, not just the U.S. It is worldwide. And is it the norm? I don't know. 
is that what this is the future is? I don't know. I just know that it's hot. And so the one thing I'll say, and I'm going to say it quick, um, in this kind of heat, even if you're just kind of sitting outside and you're not even sweating, you're still being dehydrated from the massive amounts of heat that exist. Um, and so you have to drink more water than you normally might. And beware, because it's happened to me already. Um, there's a project happening uh, here in the yard and I've been outside a lot. And I'll get to the point that I feel kind of, kind of odd, off, kind of queasy. That's the beginning of, of your body telling you, you need to drink some water. You can't over drink water in this kind of heat. And I say this from just a safety area and not only you, but members of your family, your kids, everybody needs to stay hydrated in this unusual kind of heat. And that's just what it is. And I won't, I won't say it anymore, but if, if, uh, if you're not a water drinker, you need to become one. And if you always have been up it a little bit, I carry around my, uh, my tank that carry around, uh, uh, what do you call it? Thing that holds water. And I drink it all day. It's just a safety measure and you should be doing that. Skeeter, you drinking your water? Yep. I got mine right here. All right. Linda's always been a water drinker. No. Recently, I've become a water drinker. The past five years. Well. Up until then, it was just wine and coffee. And there's nothing wrong with either of those. Yeah. Good times. Yeah. I got no problem with that. Um, for example, as I said, uh, there's a project happening. We're building a seawall here in North Carolina. So these workers, there's three or four of them, five some days. They work in the heat all day, every day, and they have a system. Number one, they have these giant uh, vats of water that they consume. But three times a day, they'll take a 30-minute break. And they go get in their van, turn on the air, and they just relax. You have to. You do. And that's what they do. And as a result, it doesn't affect them because they're used to it. Those of us that are not used to this kind of heat, it's been problematic. But I, I got to tell you, watching these guys build this seawall with these giant limestone rocks that they, that they do, it is construction porn for me. I can't get enough of it. I, I sit out there. I walk out to the pier three or four times a day just to see what they've done. And it is just fantastic. And, of course, I'm sending videos to everybody and nobody watches them. But That's not true. I watch every one of them. You do and Matt does. Yeah. The rest are, are ignored. But I'm just keeping everybody up to speed because I get excited when they finish a, a, a big part and it looks great. I get excited. What we would like for you to stop doing is sending us the fucking cat TikTok videos. Excuse me. We're over those. Excuse me. You are a cat hater not a cat hater it's just that what you find funny the rest of us you know don't they're cute well look here's the thing we have a family chat and you know you can watch it or not you've chosen not they're, they're adorable did you even see the cat one i just sent i did and i turned it off in the halfway in the middle of it you're heartless don't send anymore we're not watching it excuse me you aren't watching it some are no, no, no. How do you know that? Because they told me they don't watch your TikTok. 
videos you send and they don't watch your peer videos you send. Well, I know about that, but I'm keep. I'm, maybe I'll just send them to you and Matt. Not TikTok, please. Okay. If I wanted to watch TikTok videos, I would be on fucking TikTok. Thank you very much. You need to watch your language. Um, this is kind of uh, fun. I was, uh, so like many of you, let me get some coffee. Where did I put, oh, it's back here. Um, like many of you, I stream a lot. I watch different things, whatever pops up. I'm always looking for a good horror film. Very few of those. So I'm banging around on Netflix and I see a show that looked like it might be something. So I clicked on it. The show is called Suits. Now I've never, I've never heard of it in my life. It went for eight seasons and I've never heard of it. So I, I thought, cause you know how it is. You click on the first episode and you can tell in 10 minutes if this is something that you're going to like. So I clicked on it and I liked it. I enjoyed it. Good story. Well shot, well acted, those things. So I get about three episodes in and I'm aware that the lead, the star of this show that's gone for eight seasons and I've never heard of it, that he's familiar to me. I've seen him in something. And so by the third episode, I decide to pause it and look him up. His name is Patrick J. Adams. He's the star of Suits. So I look him up on IMDb and they give you all of the stuff that an actor has done. And so I'm scrolling through the movies and the shows that he's done to see what I saw him in. And all of the movies, all of the shows, I haven't seen any of them. And I'm, th I'm thinking, I know this guy. I've seen him. Why am I not? So I keep scrolling. I go further. I go further down. And then it pops up. Patrick J. Adams was in my movie, 213. And now I'm trying, because that's where I knew him from. And now I'm trying to figure out what part he played. So I clicked on it. He played the teenage version of the bad guy. So obviously I had to open the, because now I still can't remember. I had to open the movie and go to the part. And there he is. Patrick J. Adams, the star of Suits, did a very pivotal scene in the movie. He was 27 at the time. Hmm. And there he is and did very well in the one scene that he had. He was very effective. So then I called Amy and Amy's first thing, I'm not going to contact any actor for you because he's on social media. I don't know how to do it. And, right. Amy, and Amy refused. I was hoping to get him on the show because he would, he would get a kick out of that. Mm -hmm. He might. But she, well, it's not going to happen. Amy won't, won't do it. He might be too big for your ass now. He's not. Oh. He's absolutely, but he would enjoy that story right there. Because I can tell you, he's a good guy. I wasn't mm -hmm. there on the day he shot his scene. I didn't meet him. But he would enjoy that. Why wouldn't he? Mm -hmm. Well, you think that every, anybody would enjoy anything you do. You need to calm it down. Now. I have a question. Yep. Because I can mm -hmm. hear it. Like, when I move, can you hear me moving? Nope. 
Okay. Like my hands, I've got them on my lap. Could you hear me put them there? Linda, you're, the, the microphone you're using doesn't pick up those things. That's called a directional mic. So it does, well, you can relax. How, how come I'm hearing it? Well, be, it, it, the microphone is not picking it up. So you, okay, can, you, you can relax. You okay, because can, can I was just sitting here no. like a statue. No, don't do that. You, you can relax. I can hear nothing but what you say into the mic. It's a directional mic. If, if it were an omni mic, it would pick up the whole room. That's directional. Mm. You speak into okay. that, and that's okay. what we hear. I've heard okay. nothing. Um, now, this one I think Linda can back up, and it's another show uh, that I have so thoroughly enjoyed, and I think Linda's watched at least one of them. It's on Netflix. It's called Quarterback. Oh, yeah, it's so good. This uh, is a show that is executive produced by Peyton Manning. Now, Peyton is the only person living that could have gotten this show done. Uh, the show is basically eight episodes. I'm about to start episode five. Oh, wow. Yeah. And the show goes behind the scenes of three quarterbacks, Patrick Mahomes, Marcus Mariota, and Kirk Cousins. And what's great about it is that it's only 10% football, actual football on the field. Mm -hmm. The rest of it is what the quarterback deals with where other players on the field do not deal with. But my favorite part is the quarterback at home as a dad, as a father, as a husband, and the role that the wives play in their lives. They play a big role. It's huge. It, it's, yeah. it's really, and the reason that I say Peyton Manning is the only person that could have gotten this done, Peyton went to Patrick Mahomes, Marcus Mariota, and Kirk Cousins, but primarily Patrick Mahomes because Patrick is the biggest star in the NFL. And Peyton pitched him on the idea of doing the series. Had it not been Peyton Manning, Patrick wouldn't have done it. But the big one is that Peyton went to the NFL and said, I want to do this, but I don't want to use NFL footage. I want to film the games myself with my crew on the sideline, on the field, and that's the footage I want to use. The NFL agreed. Nobody can get that. And so the footage that you're going to see of the player on the field and on the sideline couldn't be gotten by anybody other than Peyton Manning. But what makes the show great is that they're focusing not on the quarterback, they're focusing on the person who is the quarterback and the things they deal with the things they face and it's just it's crack cocaine for television for me because and I watched it and I knew that Linda would enjoy it because it's not football 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 it's about people and their lives and do you know the one that strikes me is and this is in all three quarterbacks their wives who are as big a part of their success um, as is their athlete husband when they go to the game, the mm -hmm. angst that they have with every single play, you can see oh, it. Oh, yeah. So if you haven't seen it, it is absolutely worth your time. And look, take a look at 10 minutes, 20 minutes of the first episode. If it's not your back, flip it off. But it is trending. It's their number one trending show, Quarterback. And it's on Netflix. 
And that's Peyton not a- had me at the very beginning when <clears throat> he did his uh, introduction. And yeah. I'm like, oh, this is going to be good. Um, and then um, uh, the, the actor and writer strike. Um, Hollywood is, is, is shut down, basically, uh, because the writers are striking, the actors are striking. And basically, this is about sharing the revenue for the most part. But I saw a TikTok mm-hmm. of an actor who... Was all- a cat saying these words? How long am I going to have to put up with this? Forever. Look, 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 you're a cat hater. I happen to love cats. And the fact that you despise cats is so clearly <laughs> obvious to anybody who's listening. You do not despise you, cats. You do. You hate them. They hate you. And that's been proven by Miss Kitty. Because when Linda and I first started dating, I had two cats. Miss Kitty was one of them. And Miss Kitty was my soulmate in the mm-hmm. form of a cat. And then all of a sudden, there's this woman in the, in the room. And they didn't get along, clearly, because Linda hates cats. It wasn't my fault. No, 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 no. Miss Kitty no. would sit on the top of the dresser. And refrigerator. Was- that was one of her favorite spots was the dresser because she could watch me and Emma. And Linda, Linda would go walking by the dresser and Miss Kitty would reach out and slap her. Around right top of my head. <laughs> bitch cat. Maybe this is where the hatred of cats began. And then you went to the dentist one day and came home with a black cat. Is that where I got it? The dentist? Yeah. You said... That black cat was great. You found a stray. Mm -hmm. I really don't remember any part of this. I do know that I had two cats. I thought, I thought the black cat was uh, was a guy. Already there? Nope. I thought the black cat was a guy. It's not. They both got pregnant at the same time. Jesus. Um. So the actor and writer strike. Look, the bottom line. This is my feeling. Um. The the. The business of entertainment as far as film, television, movies, it wouldn't exist if it weren't for the words that are written down on the page. And then the person who takes those words and presents them in a believable way. And yet the ones that go to the bank is the studios. And the actors and the writers are simply saying, share a little more of that. And I saw an actor on YouTube and he was, or on uh, TikTok, and he was saying these are the two main areas that the writers and the actors are focused on. Number one, they're thinking about the young actor who's just starting out. Traditionally, the young actor gets paid for that moment, for that day, and that's it. No residuals. I'll give you an example. I did Reba. I did four episodes. I got paid for when I did them. And I got paid half fee when they uh, went into syndication for the first run. Only one time. After that, I get nothing. So they're fighting for the right for the actor to get a piece every time it rolls. Okay, so that's one. The big one, according to him, is AI, artificial film. Because basically with that technology, 
right now the studios as i understand it i could be wrong but the studios have the right to take ai and create let's say arnold schwarzenegger they could literally build arnold schwarzenegger through ai even though arnold's not there they can build it and use it and pay arnold nothing so they're that's the big one because ai is going to come in and it's going to be a force it already is have you seen the deep fake tom cruise videos they've been around this is that times 10 so you're not going to be able to tell so that's what they're fighting for and the actors want a bigger piece the writers want a bigger piece and i support both because the studios are laughing to the bank actors and writers not so much and we wouldn't have great shows were it not for the words and the people to present those words. All right. I'm assuming, All right. I'm assuming you have comments. I do. And now. Hey, Rocky, watch me pull a rabbit out of my hat. Again? Nothing up must leave. Bristol. <laughs> Wrong hat. I take a seven and a half. Now here's something we hope you'll really like. And since we clearly have comments, here is Skeeter from yeah. a remote location. Mm-hmm. Jackie says, oh, Mark, give me $7.95 and I'll give a profile of you. You crack me up. I don't know what that means, honey. $7.95. Wait, $7. And I'll $7. give a profile oh, of you. Oh, 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 oh. That was when I took the personality test. You weren't on that show. I took, I was sitting outside and I took a personality test online. 30, oh, I heard I heard you tell the story. 30 minutes. I, I, and then I get there and I had to pay $7.95 to get the results. And I didn't do it. That's what mm -hmm. she's referring to. Thank okay. you. It's very kind. Yeah, I walked out on that story. Sorry. I, it doesn't shock me, I guess, because it referred to cats in some way. <laughs> Robin says, love Friday show. Missed Miss Linda, but Mark and Bean show was fabulous. Mm. The two old farts were hilarious to listen to. And I truly enjoyed it so much. I listened to it twice. Yeah, I and I. That I, was a fabulous show. I did not walk out of any of that part of the show. Well, I mean, <laughs> to have two guys who did the same thing at the same time, and in essence, co were competing with each other, and to have a, a deep chat, not realizing that Bean had suffered from anxiety as I did, and we're not the only ones. So. And, and the way that he opened up about that was very unique. But then he's so funny and and, it, and it'll happen again, I can promise you. He's, he's very warm, I have to say. He is a... I had never heard his voice before. He is It a, was great. He is a genuinely wonderful man, a wonderful person. Don says, yep, the Mark Linden Bean Show, it must happen. The only thing you didn't have in common, Mark, is your love for Johnny Depp. I know you were hard the whole show because so was I, and I'm a chick. <laughs> uh, Marty says. Wait, what's her name? Dawn. That's funny. Marty says, that was a damn good podcast. Bean is very cool. Mm. That's, that's true. Um, Wayne says, Mark, thank you so much for playing that Kevin and Bean bit. It was awesome to hear all these years later. You're the best brother. Don't ever stop. Happy summer. I, you know, I had never heard, I never got to hear the, 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 their, their, 
learning that they that Bean had and Kevin they had a list of guys who did voices who did characters for them, and it was all just kind of go. I I cracked up at that character. That was hysterical. I mean, just hysterical. So yeah, it was great for me as well. As yeah. Um, you all right there? I, I'm good. I'm fine. Okay. All right. Good. Um, okay. So, <laughs> oh, and if you think this is this person, y'all are crazy. Uh, Brian Phelps says, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which this is not Brian. Uh, Linda is out of town. Call me. Let's stir things up. <laughs> up Bean. I have Putin's phone number. Let's prank call him. <laughs> uh, okay, Brian, I'll call you. Yeah. Um, Dr. Bo says, really love the Bachelor and Bean show today. Be sure to get Allie on next time and see if they'd consider doing a recurring stint with you and Linda. I still say the show should have been titled, I'm Jerking Off Way Too Much. One of the funniest <laughs> lines I've heard in a while. I laughed out loud. Keep up the good work, old friend. Uh, and that's comments. You know, Allie is fantastic as well. She worked with Kevin and Bean for a while after Lisa May left or got fired, whatever it was. Um, Allie is a wonderful broadcaster and she lives in someplace like Vermont or Matt, whatever it is. She adores the snow. When I did Bean and, and Allie's show, um, she, it, it, she had a foot of snow coming and she was so excited. Who does that? I, I'm not that guy. I, 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 I don't enjoy the, the, the cold. It's just not my back. All right. That being said, let's get into some of this, shall we? History. 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 That happened, and we all let it happen. Well, my question is, what were you doing on this day back in 1987? Uh, Def Leppard was releasing the album Hysteria, which included the song Animal. Uh the uh, the band had enormous success in the U.S. beginning with Photograph, uh, but they didn't even get close to a top 10 single in home in Britain until four years later when Animal reached number six. Guitarist Phil Collin talks about that achievement. It was actually a big deal because obviously we're from there and we were totally ignored, but I can understand why. The music we do is really based on American music. We sing with an American accent. Mick Jagger sings with an American accent because he learned from blues singers. That's what you do, and it was an American art form. I can totally get that, why in England they weren't really getting it because it sounded very much like an American band they thought we'd sold out. Back in the day, Linda and I would drive to uh, Santa Barbara, Santa Barbara, and we would drive in her car and I would sit and we would put on this album and listen to the whole thing driving to Santa Barbara. It made life a little sweeter.
fucking good. This week, actress Jane Lynch, so funny, turned 63. What, do you think I'm a pushover? You know what I used to eat for breakfast? Cocaine. You know what I used to eat for lunch? Cocaine. What'd you have for dinner? Was it cocaine? I will sign your sheets, but you need to know I am not here to service your hours. I'm here to service these young boys. <laughs> do you think I give it if you guys go to prison, huh? I've been to prison. Oh, I have. I've been to prison. Prison of drugs, alcohol, and sick thoughts. I used to have sick thoughts. So don't you come in here preaching to me about hours when you're standing over there and you're standing over there and I don't know which way is up. It was on this day. <laughs> so good. God, she's good. It was on this day. 1966, the Beatles released Paperback Writer. You said, Oh, madam, will you read my book? It took me years to write. Will you take a look? It's based on a novel by a man named Lear, and I need a job, so I want to be a paperback writer. It was also on this day back in 1970, Three Dog Night gave us the classic. They talked about pot in this one. Want some whiskey in your water, sugar in your tea? What's all this crazy question they're asking me? This is the craziest party that could ever be. Happy birthday this week goes out to Patrick Stewart, Shakespearean trained, but the paycheck of becoming Captain Picard was a little too much to ignore. Happy birthday. Patrick is 83 this week. I question your actions, Captain. I question your choices. I question your loyalty. You know, there are some words I've known since I was a schoolboy. With the first link, the chain is forged. The first speech censured, the first thought forbidden, the first freedom denied, chains us all irrevocably. Those words were uttered by Judge Aaron Satie as wisdom and warning. The first time any man's freedom is trodden on. Holy crap! Uh, also on this date, 1974, Eric Clapton gave us this. I shot the sheriff, but I did not shoot the dead. I shot the sheriff, but I didn't shoot the dead. It was this day, 1968, Steppenwolf gave us this.
day back in what year the Etch-A-Sketch went on sale for the first time. And here's the tie-breaking question for Penella with her magic Etch-A-Sketch and her opponent Maximilian with his magnetic magna sticks. Ready? Skeeter, what year? It's the elephant. Mm, 1962. It is 60. Well done. And an Etch-A-Sketch is fun for about five minutes. The knobs and the lines go up and down and all around. No crayons, no chalks, never any mess. Turn Etch-A-Sketch upside down and shake and everything... And... More work than it's worth. Say it again. More work than it's worth. No question. That, 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 that's, that's what I meant. It was on this day, this week, back in 1955, Disneyland officially opened in Anaheim, California with an invite-only event for media and special guests. It opened to the public the next day and now more than 757 million guests have visited the park. It was on this day, 1975, Paul McCartney got his fourth post-Beatle number one song. on this day and I was watching 1969 Apollo 11 landed on the moon that's one small step for man one giant leap for mankind and a few years prior to that the loving spoonful hit number one with this It was on this day back in 1975, Fleetwood Mac released Say You Love Me, written by Christine McVie. Uh, They had been a band for eight years and had released nine albums when Lindsey Buckingham and Stevie Nicks joined them. The late Christine McVie tells us she knew they had found something good the first time she sang with them on Say You Love Me. 
We did say you love me, start with, you know. And Lindsay just started picking it up right away. And when I started singing the chorus part, they were really hot on harmonies with each other anyway, and they both kind of looked at each other, and they just fell right into it. And I was singing away, I was going, is this me singing? I mean, and there's these three great harmonies coming out, you know, something which happened so quickly. We just all looked around with massive goosebumps on us and said, we're not going to like this very much, are we? <laughs> Being facetious, of course. It's uh, it's time for what year is it? Mm. I do believe I was correct when I said you got one out of three last time. That's funny because I remember it being three for three. I'm sure you do, but mm-hmm. it wasn't. You had three mm-hmm. for three the week prior. Oh, okay. All right, I'm ready. Are you? You feeling strong? You feeling cocky? not at all? Not all right. at all. All right, here we go. The qu- it's been a while, so the quest is. Tell me what year all this crap happened. Song, said year. Movie. Meet Orville the Albatross. Bernard and Bianca, the secret agents. Penny the Desperate. Evan Rood, the outboard dragonfly. The Rescuers. And something that won't help you at all headlines. The water-starved West Coast is getting some relief from the drought. For most of parched California, the clouds brought rain. But the storm last night turned into a freak tornado in the Orange County... Mm. Okay. It's either going to be... I feel like it's going to be... Wait, wait, wait. Was that Christy McVie or was that Fleetwood Mac? Um, I don't know that Christine McVie had solo stuff. I'm not sure. I don't hold yes, me on that. she did. I, I, oh, my I, God. I, I, I'm not sure she did. I'll be honest with you. Uh, but that was Fleetwood Mac. Okay, so that's either going to... I feel like that's either 76 or 77. So I'm going to say 1977. It is 1970. Seven. You know, you might be on the other side of the coast, but you're awful cocky over there. You just got one. She's my favorite Fleetwood Mac singer. You know what? Um, Fleetwood Mac seemed to be about Lindsey Buckingham and Stevie Nicks. Christine McVie was the spine of that thing. Great songwriter, great singer. Never let it bother her that I know of. Um, Truly, I wish I'd had a chance to meet her. Truly fantastic individual. All right. Are you ready to continue one for one? I am. 
song said year. Is that Bob Seger? It is. Okay. Movie. Mystery woman was picked up by the Elk Cove garbage cow shortly after midnight. Goldie Hawn. I'm not paying for your mistake. Kurt Russell. You haven't got a single thing on this earth to do except for your hair. Overboard. Oh, fuck, fuck, fuck. I don't know what year that is. You haven't got a single thing to do on this earth but your hair. You know what? If that's a movie that you've not seen. Oh, my God. you got to see it. Or if it's a movie that you haven't seen for a while, it it's Gary Marshall at his absolute mm-hmm. finest. And then he brought Kurt Russell, Goldie Hawn. That may be where they met. I don't know. So fucking good. And then headlines. The Food and Drug Administration approved AZT for the treatment of AIDS. At the time, it was a miracle drug that gave patients up to a year of life. One for one Skeeter will now attempt to go two for two. Will she do it? You should focus on overboard, overboard, overboard. Yeah, I okay. So, all right. So, I know it's in the 80s. I just don't know when in the 80s. Yeah, that's going to be the problem. So, I'll say mm, 1982. It is 1987. All right. Fuck. You're one for two. Mm -hmm. Now, you can repeat what you were last time. You can go one for three. Or if you get this one, respectable. Mm -hmm. Two for three. It is proven that if you get this one, you're going to sleep better tonight. Okay. How do you feel? I don't know. I've been sleeping pretty good. You know, I've got old Walkman to sleep with. Shut the fuck up. God damn it. I got no dog. I got no wife. I'm here alone. I did. I honestly don't know how you're doing it. If I didn't have Walker, I would be absolutely crazy. Bitch. I washed clothes last night. <laughs> what the fuck is happening? I then, you know what I did? I then went to my closet and I folded my underwear and put them away. Oh, I'm proud of you that you're folding them. Fuck me. I don't know what's happening. I did laundry. I took out the trap. Well, I do that all the time anyway. Yeah. I haven't washed dishes in a while. I might want to get to that. Yeah, you probably should run the dishwasher. And the only reason I do laundry is because I run out of underwear. I've only got mm-hmm. two pairs. No, you don't. <laughs> All right. Here's your shot to go two for three. Respectable. Fingers crossed I, I know the song. Hmm. Hmm. I'll be honest with you. I mean, it may help you. My opinion, it's not going to help you at all. Here we go. Song said year. Crimson and Clover. I don't even know who that is. I'll tell you, and it's still not going to help. Joan Jett. 
Joan Jett. It's a woman, dark hair. Uh, yeah, no, 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 I know. That's helping me a little bit. All right, movie. Beyond the darkness, beyond the human evolution, is Khan. I shall leave you as you left me. Marooned for all eternity. Star Trek II. And then headlines. The Princess of Wales's first baby, the next in line to the throne after Prince Charles himself, has been born at St. Mary's Hospital in London. The new prince has blue eyes like both his parents. I talk that You're one for two. This could put you oh. back on the winning pedestal. I was going to say 1989. But I think... Matt was born in 86. They got married in 82. Did you say they? Uh, Diana and Charles got married in 82. Oh. I believe. And I was thinking that Matt and um, the prince is about the same age. So I will say 19... Nineteen eighty. Nineteen eighty six. It is nineteen eighty two. Over and over. Well, I guess they got married before nineteen eighty two. Oh, did you hear that? What? Okay. I don't know. Something was, was beeping at me. <laughs> Linda's on location, so, you know. Mark, I watched them get married in that Savannah apartment. Linda, I, I didn't print these. I, I didn't write these. I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. It could be. I mean, maybe you got it right. You know, let's just say that you got it right. You don't get credit for it. Well, it's not about that. It's more about the song. No, it's you. It's about winning. It's about getting two out of three or three out of three. You only got one. How do you feel? Maybe they got married in 1980. She'll do this the rest of the night. Oh, no. As soon as we get finished doing this podcast, I'm going to Google it and see see what, what the deal is. All right. Which, by the way, mm-hmm. we didn't say this, but we're, we are recording this. We're, we're recording this on a Thursday afternoon. Hot as fuck Thursday afternoon and southern california it's hot everywhere it's hot worldwide there's and just i don't know the world's on fire good luck to us all Mm -hmm. i've been trying to do this for it feels like a month i don't know that this is going to change your world but you are going to learn a couple of things you didn't know because i give you cool stories in music Today, we're going to focus on a little remembered band called The Circle. The Circle existed in the 60s. Primarily, two men, Dan Donovan and Tom Dawes. These two men are The Circle. But it's not really the music that they hit with in the 60s. It's something else they're best remembered for. 
and you don't know it. Today, we focus on the circle. So uh, there's no need in wasting a bunch of time with this. This is quick, but you will learn a couple of things I think you'll enjoy. The circle, those two men I just told you about, uh, Dan Donovan, Tom Dawes, they put together a group called The Circle. And their first song to make any kind of noise um, was only in the 30s in the charts, but it got some airplay, enough airplay so that in 1965, the circle opened at Dodger Stadium for the Beatles. The song that brought that about was Turn Down Day. It's much too groovy a summer's day to waste running round in the city. Very 60s. But here on the sand, I can dream away. Or look at the girls if they're pretty. It's a turn down day. Nothing on my mind. It's a turn down day. So that was uh, in the 30s. It charted. Radio was playing it. Not a massive hit. But again, they opened for the Beatles, imagine. Nobody gave a shit who they were. They're waiting for the Beatles. But that was good. So then they released the one song they would be known for. Even Linda will know this song because it hit number one with Red Rubber Ball. You've heard that song? I have. Okay. That was number one. And that was it. They kept trying, these two men. They kept, they released songs. They all sounded kind of like that, or the first one, but nothing. And so after a while, Dan Donovan and Tom Dawes gave up on the music business. And they decided to take their talents with music and open up a company that would write jingles, create and write commercial jingles. And they wrote and recorded many. And this is where they really made their money. But I'm willing to bet you didn't know that the two men who formed the circle and had a number one hit with Red Rubber Ball also wrote and recorded this jingle. They went to the bank with that one. 
They also wrote and recorded this one. Mm. Now, don't you feel good about 7-Up? Of course you do. <laughs> don't you feel good about 7-Up? <laughs> but I'm willing to bet that you did not know that the number one hit by the circle was not written by these two men. The song Red Rubber Ball was written by none other than Paul Simon. Damn. When I was a little boy, the devil called my name. Now, you can say what you want. You know, the way the circle did it, Red Rubber Ball seemed like a silly song. And I don't know what it was that people saw in that song, Red Rubber Ball, but maybe because Paul Simon is the one that wrote it, it was, re- it was covered by so many artists. Really? Red Rubber Ball. I could play you any number of 10, 10 known artists who covered it. I'm just going to give you one. This artist covered Red Rubber Ball. Wasn't a hit for him, but it was on one of his albums. You tell me who this is. Covered Red Rubber Ball. Studying. Is that Neil Diamond? It is. You never care for secrets I confide. For you, I'm just an ornament. Something for your pride. So there you go. A little insight on the one-hit wonder group, The Circle, who did more than you knew. This has been Cool Stories in Music. All right. Summertime, which it is. A lot of folks eat hot dogs. And they do it not just on the 4th of July. They do it weekend, week out. Yesterday was National Hot Dog Day. And that's why I have these hot dog fun facts. And I'm not going to give you many because we talked about hot dogs just not that long ago. Fourth of July. Um, So the majority of Americans, 63% of Americans, that's majority, prefer their hot dogs grilled. Over Well, but no, when you go to Dodger Stadium... There are just as many people that want them boiled. Which well, when is when you go to when you go to Anaheim, when you go to the Angels game, they are boiled. Always, they don't grill them at all. Mm-mm, not I, that we've ever then had. I'm not having that. Yeah. I, I can't eat a boil. It's ridiculous. Why would you eat a boiled hot dog when you could have a grilled hot dog? Exactly. Now, 
let me share. You know, and a lot of you know about this. Many don't. It's what I do. And once I started it, now my family won't have my hot dogs any other way. Before I put them on the grill, I take a knife and I cut a slit down each side of the hot dog so that when they cook, they plump up and they cook kind of inside the hot dog. It's a simple thing, but my kids, my wife, that's the way they love it. And, and you know, cook it to where it's almost burned to death because there are people because hot dogs are already cooked. Some, some people just put them on the grill just to get the little grill marks and then take them off. Ugh. Well, I do. I do look because now Linda loves them burnt. Clearly. I mean, burnt. She likes them crispy when mm-hmm. she bites into them. There's others that don't like them that much. So I, I, I kind of give a potpourri of the grilled dog, but that's me. I'm a master at grilling the dog. Oh, now you're a master. Excuse me. Do you love my hot dogs? The master of grilling. <laughs> Cook my dog. Um, most Americans prefer mustard on their hot dog, followed by ketchup and chili. Now, there's a lot of people that won't hear of ketchup on your hot dog. I, I think I'm going to stop eating ketchup, period. Why is that? Do you know how much sugar is in ketchup? It's pretty much just all fucking sugar. Most things are. There's no sugar, I believe, in mustard. Okay, well, I love mustard. If I had I to choose, I'd go mustard. Yeah. But I don't have to choose. Do what I want. It's a free world. Um, according to the National Hot Dog and Sausage Council, which I didn't even know that existed, but, <laughs> but, 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 but it does. Ketchup on a hot dog should never be eaten by anyone over the age of 18. <laughs> That's judgy. Be upfront with you. The number one city for hot dogs. This city consumes more hot dogs than any other city. Chicago. You would think. It isn't. I don't know. Los Angeles. Oh. Number one hot dog capital eaten city in the world. And Hmm. 72% of Americans admit they have no idea what is in a hot dog. Yeah, we don't want to talk about it either. You mean lips and assholes? No, 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 (laughs) no. And I'm not kidding. Um. How long does it take you and your family to relax when you're on vacation? I have a comment, but I'll save that until I read this. For the typical American, it takes about four days. Well, shit, by then it's time to come home. Correct. According to the survey, it takes people four days until they stop thinking about work and other stressful things. That means that on a seven-day vacation, you only get three days. I'll Mm -hmm. I'll be honest with you. Uh, can I say this? Yep. If, if you're taking your children, it's not a vacation. That was it's my, a tri- that, that was exactly what I was going to say. It's a trip because you're just taking your responsibilities and putting them in a different location. That's all that is. Look, and look, I, I'm not 
bitching or there's no regret. But the fact of the matter is, and all of you know this that have kids, when you go on vacation and you take your children, you need a vacation from the vacation. Yeah, you do. Because mom and dad bust their ass the whole time. And it's fun and I enjoy it and they enjoy it. And if they enjoy it, I enjoy it. But I would get back on Saturday and would be exhausted mm-hmm. just enough time to unpack and go back to work. I don't really. Oh, wait, wait. You unpacked? Oh, here it comes. You mean you took the luggage out of the trunk of the car and took it into the house? That's what you mean, right? Let me know when you're done with your bullshit. Well, it's really not bullshit because I would do the unpacking and then I would do all the laundry. But you had just enough time. You don't have to say anything. You just wave your hand like I'm I'm done. And then I'll move on. Just let me know. You mean, are you talking about you were doing laundry after vacation where I had to get up at 3.30 and drive 42 miles to slave at work. Yes. <laughs> yes, that's the one I'm talking about. Yes. Well, but it's true. It's true. And, and I've always said, and I said it to my kids when they had kids, don't take the child someplace where they aren't old enough to remember having been there. Mark, your grandkids just did that. They went to our house. They that, won't remember that. Excuse me. That was for me. I wanted them to come here and see where we live, where our house is. And granted, they won't remember it, but it wasn't. Were, yeah, it was. It wasn't where you go on vacation to a hotel, you've got to take the crib, the stroller, the this, the that. What did you, we provided all of that. So it was at least some sort of a vacation when they came because Mm -hmm. we had everything they needed. But when you've got kids, there's no vacation. Those kids, they're two. They are a tornado from Mm -hmm. the moment they wake up until the moment they go to bed. So when it comes to like Hawaii or Disneyland, why? Wait until they're old enough to know where they are. That's just my advice. Um, I wanted to talk about something, talking about the kids being in uh, North Carolina not that long ago. Uh, your swing. Mark got this Fisher Price. Nope, 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 nope. Little tight swing. swing. Yep. And we don't have really any sturdy trees in our yard. But we did have one, Crepe Myrtle, and it sort of kind of had a branch. So Mark ordered these strappy things to put around the branch that holds the swing. And I told him, neither one of, neither, they're not going to let their babies get in the swing. Because I just envisioned it being smacked right into that tree trunk. Well, I couldn't believe it. It not only did it work, they loved it. And we finally had to take the swing down because that's all Onyx would want to do. And every time we took her out, she would cry for hours. So Mark just had to take the swing down. Now, 
let me say that what Linda was saying is true. We in the backyard, I only have one tree that was a possible option with one branch. And the problem is that the branch wasn't straight across. So the straps <laughs> that she talked about, I had to buy those straps so I could wrap one a couple of times more than the other so that they would be level. And then I would attach the swing to that. Now, it wasn't the strongest limb in the world. So from fear that I would put my grandkids in this swing and swing them and the, the, the branch would break, I put, <laughs> I put the swing up. I went to the gym and I got a 30 pound weight. I put it in a plastic bag because I was going to leave it out there for several days. I put that 30 pound weight in the swing four days. And when I would walk by it, I would swing it four days. I did this. It didn't break. So I knew it was safe for my grandkids, but, and Milo enjoyed it, but Onyx that's look when we put her in the swing both kids have been taught sign language and when they want something more they they tap their fingertips together and say more more yeah that's all onyx would do and then whenever we tried to stop the swing and get her out she cried linda just talked about it so eventually i had to take it down non-stop crying and then oh i'm sorry go ahead then we would bring it out and let her swing and i put it back up again yeah, and the last day they were there, a lineage swing onyx, and a baby bird fell out of its nest in the tree. Oh, my God. All right, now, well, I didn't even talk about that. So, so yeah, so the, the, the bird falls down. Now, Linda said baby. It wasn't a baby because now there's a bird on the ground that it's fell a, It's out. a new bird. It's a baby bird. So it, it wasn't a newborn. Right. It fell out of the, the nest. So I go down and there's the bird. And so I picked up the bird because he's on there and I'm going to put him back in the nest. And I noticed as I was leaning down, this fucking thing's got a bunch of feathers and he's big. He's fucking big. The moment I picked him up, the mother bird was watching. And she started squawking at me. She did. Scared the fuck out of all of us. And losing her fucking mind. So I I put the bird down and touch him. Well, then Amy comes out throwing a fit because she wants the baby bird back. And then, okay. So we went back and forth. I picked up the bird again. Same thing. Then you went and got the ladder. Well, I, I was going to put it in the in the nest. And then... The mother went nuts again. Then I realized the bird was ready to fall out of the nest because it was big, like eight pounds, this bird. And so it was ready to fly. But I guess that first attempt, you know, was kerplunk on the ground. But mother was watching. So I left the bird alone, and the next day the bird was gone. Well, we don't know what happened to the bird. We're just. Nothing happened to the bird. The bird okay. flew away. That okay. bird was ready to fly. Okay. But I will tell you this. The first time I picked up that bird, it opened its mouth because it wanted me to give it a worm. Oh, it thought you were going to feed it. And I saw down the throat of that bird. It is, it's first of all, it's kind of like, I'll be honest, it's like a vagina. 
because it, it's got a, a, a kind of a cone-shaped outside and then this hole down in the middle which is where the worm goes. And I felt bad because I didn't have any worms mm. to give the thing and the mother was screaming. Oh, she was screaming big time. But that was a good vacation and all, though. It was really good. Oh, I loved it. I loved it. And, well, there's, there's too many stories. So I'm gonna... <laughs> the question, is marriage outdated? Well, my, ours is. Good Lord, 41 years. Is that how many it's been? <laughs> after a while, you just stop keeping track. Well, after a while, there's just so fucking many. <laughs> according, to a new, according to a new survey, young adults are feeling that it is. The survey commissioned by the, doesn't matter, uh, found that two in five young adults think marriage is an outdated tradition with 85% saying they don't need to get married to have a- I feel like, Mark, people have always said that. Two out of five? I I feel like that's always been the the way it is. Well, I, I don't know the stats, but I do know it's less popular now than it was back in the day because not a lot of people are doing it. Uh, and more women felt that marriage is outdated than men, 52% to 41%. Hmm. Young adults hesitant to put a ring on it. The number one reason is the cost. 73% of millennial and Gen Z respondents said that it's too expensive to get married. Then there's the 72% who say they just aren't interested in marriage with one in six saying they have absolutely no plans to ever marry. Most of them were ugly. But maybe it's not that they don't want to get married at all. They just don't want to get married right now. 83% surveyed said they hope that they will eventually get married some day you look at kurt russell goldie hawn still not married yes they are no they're not they're not Mm -mm. are you sure kurt russell is a personal friend i'm positive yeah they were married no they're not they've been together for fucking ever but they're just not married they're divorcing, though. Everybody's divorcing. They're divorcing? No, no. They're not married. That was the joke. Sorry. Oh, oh. Sorry. No. Uh, if, they, if they broke up, they would just swap assets and leave. Because mm. they're not married. Okay. Kurt Russell, Goldie Hunt. Uh, Sophia Vigera and her guy. Yeah. He RuPaul fought. and his wife. Husband, I'm sorry. Oh, you'd be in such trouble. I know. <laughs> You politically incorrect whore. I try to be, but it's hard sometimes. That's what you should name the show. Politically incorrect whore. Whore. I don't think I will. Um, A Today Show segment on showering uh, caused a lot of shock and confusion when editorial director Adriana Brock revealed that dermatologists recommend only showering twice a week oh good lord nope see that's why it's good it's good fodder radio tv 
only shower twice a week. Now, there's a lot of big stars, Brad Pitt, which I've heard from people. I've never been around Brad, but I've heard that he stinks, that he, that he has body odor because he doesn't uh, shower much and he doesn't use underarm deodorant because it's, I don't know, non-organic. I, I don't know. But it's the thing. A lot of people don't shop. Now, see, for me, and maybe this is those, I have to have it. Uh, uh, yeah. I have to wash my hair because I've got short hair. Otherwise, it'd be a scary fucking thing. Well, it's sometimes hard to believe that you uh, shower every day because you're a little stinky sometimes. Nope, not me. A little smelly. Nope. Got a little bit of the beard. Nope, not me. You must be thinking about yourself. I shower every fucking day and I put on dodert. You're right. Goldie Hawn never married Kurt Russell. Why did you believe me? You had to look it up? Well, I mean, you know, sometimes you tell us people are dead when they're not. <laughs> and then the next day they drop dead. So, you know, you just got, just got to make sure you <laughs> yeah. know what you're talking about. It's a point taken. I, I can't argue the point. I really can't. Um, Al Roker was stunned and sat frozen with a puzzled look on his face. The weatherman insisted that every day is the correct number of showers, and he added that he actually showers twice a day. There are some people that shower in the morning and the shower at night. Uh, I worked with a guy who, every time he would take a shit, he showers. And then we saw the Jason Bateman uh, podcast on TV. Mm -hmm. Jason Bateman. Smartless, that's the name of it. Okay, Smartless. He... See, Jason, he's a little more uptight than I thought he would be because he is. Because he said, you only take a shit in the morning and then you shower. And that's the way life is. You don't shit in the middle of the day. You don't shit. You shit in the morning and then you shower after that. And if he accidentally takes a shit, they, well, then they started asking him, okay, so wait, if you accidentally have to take a shit at e in the evening, do you shower? And he goes, of course. <laughs> so, and I knew a guy. There's a lot of people. You take a shit, you shower. Mm. What about just cleaning up good and then wash your hands? Exactly. But according to the Today Show, two showers a week. Mm -mm. All right, well, I'm not going to argue because as I said, you're a little stinky. A little bit of the B.O. going on. Not that I would know. You're not here. I'm alone. No dog. Yeah. Have to do my own laundry, fold my underwear. That was, I was, that was shocking to have to do that. I wish you could have heard Walker. He's sleeping and he was dreaming. In fact, I didn't know what the noise was. I had to go, what the fuck is that? And it was him. See, she's rubbing that in. That's her way of saying out loud, Walker's here with me, not with you. No, 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 no. According to Dating Diary, millennials and Gen Z are also not as quick to want kids. 56% of millennials and Gen Z say they are open to having kids. 43% are undecided or are saying they do not want kids. For those who don't want to have kids, 35% say it's the cost. 28% fear losing their independence. And 22% say they would only want kids if they found the right partner. I will say this. These are all smart comments. Well, I don't, I don't blame anybody. 
who doesn't want to do that because, and look, I clearly, I don't know really what I would do if it weren't for my kids and my grandkids, but it is a decision because anybody who's had kids, you know, there's everything before that and then everything changes and it is a completely different path. And, you know, I, I'll be honest for myself, you tend to forget going from being a parent many, 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 many years ago and then watching the grandkids, it, you forget what an onslaught. Good Lord, there is nothing faster than a fucking toddler. <laughs> now, that is the one great thing about, well, I don't want to say great, but it's one of the things whenever one of us or both of us are in California, we are the babysitter. Because, you know, it costs a lot of money. What is a babysitter the day? $25, $30 an hour? I have no idea. Yeah, who can afford that? And so uh, Linda just had Onyx over. How was that? It was great. But like I said, like you said, they just, they're, they're tornadoes. They are real, real fast. Um, but they're both at that age now to where they're learning their numbers and their colors and the sounds that animals make. So for you and I, it's, it's a lot of fun because we get to do that. We, I mean, we're just for, we're just playing. That's what we're for now. Um, all right, I'm going to get you ready for when the grandkids are four. Are you ready? I'm ready. Nana, what are those things that you wear on your nose over your eyes? What are those? Huh? What are those? <laughs> those are my glasses. And what do you? Why do you wear glasses? Because I need to be able to see. Why do you? Because need my to be eyes able to see? don't. Um, Nana's old. <laughs> she needs glasses. Why are you old? Because I was born a long time ago. When were you born? So a I mean, long that's, time ago. It, it's it doesn't matter what you answer with. It continues to go. It continues to move. And you have to have an answer. Shut the fuck up is not an answer. <laughs> So you need to learn this. Um, you know, Milo, who is a couple of months older than Onyx, has gotten Nana down pretty good. Nana? Yeah. Say in, yeah. Your, say in your name? Yeah, yeah. Well, so the, back to the point, you know, I can't imagine it, but it is, it is a big decision to have children because, as I said, it was whatever it was before and then after that, and it's got to be something that you want to do that you're committed to doing because it is a lot. I mean, a lot. Um, and luckily for me, I had a job, so I wasn't around for any of it, uh, which is the way to do it. <laughs> you know, if you're going to have kids, plan it, get a job, and then leave. Have kids, vacate the area. Perfect. Oh, my gosh. But it's just, when they were here, and, and, and it's what it is, um, from the moment they get up. It is a tornado. You forget how exhausting that is. I I, I did. You know, I, I told this before, but Amy, when she comes, she pulls out old videos and she pulled one out of all of us sitting in the kitchen in our uh, California home. And Matthew was maybe nine, Amy was six, Katie was three. Linda was making dinner. I was sitting at the bar with the kids and everybody was in there and it was so fucking loud 
but there I sat perfectly content. Didn't bother me at all. You just no, get because you used were used to it. To it. But here's the thing. Okay, so down here was kind of play central down on the, down here. Um, it would a tornado. It was a tornado of mess at the end of the day. And so one night I was trying to pick up all the toys. They were everywhere, all over the floor. And I was picking them up and kind of putting them where they kind of go. And then I was corrected by mom. She goes, they need to go exactly where they go. And because like there was a garden center and right. she, she then got them and started putting them exactly where I said, why are you bothering with that? She said, because half the fun is discovering where they are and then putting them back to where they go. That way she gets to destroy them again. Right. I'm not sure it makes any sense. Well, no, it does make sense. I mean, they would lay them down for a nap. All the toys would be picked up. The kids would get up and they would destroy them again and they would be picked up after the babies went to bed. All right. Now, obviously, I don't know the answer to this. Did you do that? Did you put did. the toy right exactly where they go? Yes, because that's what toddlers are used to. I'm just, I can't. That's why I go to work. I'll see y'all later. I'm going to go. And I'm getting out at 3.30 in the morning because you're going to be up soon. And I'll be back and you'll be somewhere else. And then I'll see you. How long have we been doing this? Um, I think we started at 10 to 2 and it is now 3.15. All right. If you're a dog owner who loves your dog but hates being licked, then you need to toughen up and just let your dog lick you all they want because it's good for them. In the middle of the night last night, for some reason, Walker licked my arm. Just one quick little lick, and then he went back to sleep. That's the point. A vet <clears throat> says... Um, Dogs not only lick their owners as a natural way to express affection, they also do it because it releases endorphins within them and it soothes them back to sleep. Periodically, Walker will wake up in the middle of the night and he will bite on or chew his arm, his foot. And he will then you can literally watch him start to follow and he goes back to sleep sometimes mm -hmm. with his foot in his fucking mouth. Mm -hmm. So it does, it releases endorphins and it relaxes the dog. But also like with, with Walker, many times the dog or the cat simply does that to make sure like they wake up, they want to make sure that their human is there and a little lick lets they taste it. They know that you're there back to sleep. He knows I'm there. He's laying on top of me. Yeah, but there's nothing like a good lick. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, that's said, what I'm naming the show. Nothing like a good lick. You can get away yeah. with that. Um, she said it makes the dog feel safe and secure. So let your dog or your cat lick you all they want. All right. This woman in China, she got caught. 
Agents pulled her aside. She was trying to get on an airplane. They pulled her aside to conduct a search, and they found five live snakes stuffed inside her bra. Oh, my God. They were corn snakes, which are native to the U.S., wrapped in stockings and stuffed inside her bra in the attempt to smuggle them from Hong Kong into mainland China, which I think they eat them. I don't know. I I think that's, well, I mean, they eat all kinds of, look, we were in Chinatown in San Francisco and we're walking down the street and way down at the end of the block, I could see right outside the, what was Chinatown? And it was a place they sell food. And there's a guy sitting on a chair and every now and then he would kick a bucket and I'm watching this the entire block as I'm walking toward him and I get up to him and it is a bucket filled with eels mm-hmm. and they're live. And the reason, the reason he was kicking the bucket is the eels were trying to climb out and he would kick it to knock them back down. People buy them live. Do they eat them live? I don't eat sushi, so I don't know if, if uh, eel, eel is in the on the menu. Now you know what they're doing? They're putting them up their butt. Those eels. Well, I mean, I don't know anything about it. Well, there was that one time. Other than that, I don't have much information about it. Eels up the butt. Name the show. Mm-hmm. No. All right. Let me see. All right. All right. Let's end with this. Because the question is, is she wrong? Before I get to that, let me do, let me do this. Um, the cuddliest dogs, the cuddliest dogs, and I'm going to give them to you because you'll never get them. Okay. Wait. Well, Walker, you know, Walker is a golden doodle. He's pretty fucking cuddly. He is. You can't argue with any of this list. Some of these dogs, I don't know a lot about. Okay. But here are your top five cuddliest dogs. Number five, English Bulldog. Now, the mm-hmm. French the French Bulldogs are all the rage right now. Everybody wants a French Bulldog because they're little and they're cute and they're affectionate. Number four, Great Dane. Fucking huge and apparently mm-hmm. love to cuddle. Third, Labrador Retriever. Yeah. Not really. Like JoJo, couldn't touch her. Elvis demanded it and read in the later years. Right. Number two, the pug. And here you go. This is as close to it we'll get with Walker. Number one cuddliest, golden retriever. Yeah. I would say the golden retriever, yes, should be there more so than the Labrador. Yeah. Well, golden retriever is number one. Yeah. All right. Here's your scenario. Is the woman wrong? A mom is dividing TikTok after bragging about the fact that she used expired wristbands from an all-inclusive resort to go back with her kids and take advantage of free food and drinks. She said, quote, call me a thief all you like, but I enjoyed my week of free food and drink. 
She said the hotel employees never checked their wristbands when she and the kids entered the facility. I was conscious that they would notice, but luckily they didn't. So she bought it once, got the wristbands, and then used them every day the rest of the week without paying for the food and the drink. Why would she even say anything about doing that? Probably because she wanted the attention. I guess so. She wrong? I'm going to say she's wrong. I would never do that. It'd be wrong for me to do that. What if you could get away with it? No, but it's, it's still, it doesn't matter. It's, it still seems wrong to me. It is wrong. I mean, you're, you're breaking the, lo- the rules, the law, the hotel resort law. But I got to tell you, and it still stings me. Uh, we went to a resort. Well, it was in the Bahamas, I'll tell you. Went to the resort. Oh, Jesus Christ. Not cheap by any means. And we're checking out, and there's this $300 a day fee on the bill. A day. 300 a day. And I said, what is that? Resort fee, which was, in essence, gratuity, they say. Well, I had been tipping Every mm-hmm. night, every day. Why didn't you tell me that before? I'll never go back. And whenever you book a hotel, ask about the resort fee. It's become the thing. And they they, they get you. Students, so many fees now. God almighty. Well, I mean, I tried to take that personality. I answered all the questions. They wanted $7 to tell me. Well, what that was your dumb ass for even trying to do it. I don't even know. Oh, let, let yeah, me, you do. Let, let, let me get this out. Lady Gaga, you know, they stole her dogs, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then she offered $500,000 for the mm-hmm. person that returned the dog. There is a woman who returned the dogs and she wanted the five hundred grand. Uh, Gaga didn't give it to her. So the woman sued her mm-hmm. for the five, and the woman lost. Do you know why? Because the woman that returned the dogs and Took the dogs is the one that stole them. One of the people, yeah. And she wanted the money. Yeah. Gaga said no, and the court agreed. Good. Threw it out. All right. Uh, oh, here. You can't clap. <clears throat> Do it anyway. Alrighty, here we go. On 7-9, Lauren turned 25, and she said to tell you that she is not the 24-year-old listener anymore. She's 25 now. Oh, well, okay then, mm-hmm. Lauren, 25. Mm-hmm. And on 7-15, Don't have Tootie, kids. On 7-15, Tootie turned 28. We got to- two young youngsters. Tootie? Well, that was her nickname. Tootie, or Trudy. Mm-hmm. No, it was Tootie. Tootie. July 17th, Russell Cruz turned 65. 718, Pete turned 62, and Mercy turned 49. And on 719, Cheryl turned 51. That's a good so, batch. Uh, don't, don't pause the chicken. You think you're going to make that? I can't because of the delay, but don't pause it. Just let it go? 
Mm-hmm. I can't make a big deal out of it because you are on location, mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. it were. All right, you ready? Ready. Here we go. I'm not going to pause it. Nope. All right, good luck. To everyone. <laughs> Happy birthday, everybody. <laughs> well, that's one way to fit it in. All right, well, we will have a show next week. I don't know uh, what will be on it. Basically, all the stuff I didn't get to today is a couple of good stories. I just can't seem to get to them. Mainly because Linda keeps yapping. Mm-hmm. Talk, and 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 talk. This time next week, Linda and I will have to connect an hour before so we can go through all the shit we had to go through today to make sure... Wait, wait, wait. Isn't it going to be the same thing? Won't it be the same password and everything? One would think. But it never is. Hmm. All right, everybody. You go. Have yourself a grand week. Watch out for the heat. Hydrate, people. Drink your water. And we will see you back here same time next week. Bye, y'all. What, do you think I'm a pushover? You know what I used to eat for breakfast? Cocaine. You know what I used to eat for lunch? Cocaine. What'd you have for dinner? Was it cocaine? I will sign your sheets, but you need to know I am not here to service your hours. I'm here to service these young boys. Do you think I give it if you guys go to prison? Huh? I've been to prison. Oh, I have. I've been to prison. Prison of drugs, alcohol, and sick thoughts. I used to have sick thoughts. So don't you come in here preaching to me about hours when you're standing over there and you're standing over there and I don't know which way is up.